0: Welcome to the Sports Epreneur Podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide, a Casors family production. In this episode, we discuss mental health in sports and the life of a professional hockey player. Today, we are chatting with Jake Newton, professional hockey player and mental health advocate. In his career, he has played in the AHL, ECHL, and currently plays for JYP of the Finnish Liga. Jake had a lot to say about mental health, battling recovery, and using his platform for good. The clock is ticking, so let's get this thing going. In this segment, Jake discusses his hockey journey.
1: Being half Canadian, Canadian, you're gonna kinda just automatically start hockey, or at least that'll be the first sport you try, I think, for most Canadians. Uh, So yeah, so we tried it, started out with roller hockey for many years before I even switched to ice. Um, But yeah, it's just been something I've been doing since I was three or four years old.
2: Yeah, so I saw that you would drive six hours total each day five times a week when you were yeah. kind of starting out for the for the minor kings was that it
1: yeah 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 that uh, you know I, the town I'm from in, in southern California is uh, called Sa- San Jacinto uh, rated the fourth worst city in the whole state so certainly not a great city to be from but uh, certainly can be proud of you know the fact that I've made it out of there but uh, but yeah it would be a hundred miles to Los Angeles practice for an hour and a half, however long, and then uh, another 100 miles home. And as I'm sure you've heard of, or maybe you've experienced the California traffic, uh, it is uh, not one to be messed with. And we'd leave the arena at like 10 o'clock at night, and uh, we would still be in parking lot traffic uh, pretty much all the way home. So we'd get home 1230, one o'clock, pretty much every time.
2: That's insane. So did you, uh, I mean, obviously, you have to have a major passion for the game to do that and your family as well so they're sacrificing stuff as well so how was it like making sure your family backed you and then also you know getting up every day to, to know you have to drive six hours that day just to play hockey
1: yeah yeah I know that 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 was never the hard part um, the, the part of knowing I had to be doing this because again it was a passion of mine you know, I had tried other sports—basketball, uh, wrestling, soccer—and it was just every time I just always came back to hockey. Uh, so that wasn't the bad. It was more, you know, the sacrifice—the uh, sacrifices that my whole family would have to make for me. Um, at one point, we were all playing travel hockey. Um, on different teams. So there was an incredible amount of sacrifice, you know, to go around. But I'd say around maybe um, the age of 14, 15, 16 is when we started to feel like, okay, maybe Jake is the one that can potentially make something from this. Um, I was always playing at the highest levels on the best teams uh, for California. Um, and I think then my family just kind of really started pushing me. My brothers had stopped playing. They went into coaching um, and then I started to believe it myself that, heck, you know, I'm I'm 16 years old, moving away from home already to go and play on this team. Uh, this is certainly, you know, seeming like I've, I've got a lot of potential to make this into something. So I think once that came to the forefront of the moment, um, then the rest kind of just took care of itself. And it was pretty easy to to get up, go and, and drive all those
2: hours for practice. Yeah, there you go. And then so I guess you you, you were used to that. Once you got into professional hockey and you had to travel often with different teams, different countries, whatever it is, did that help you being that you started so young and you were kind of used to just traveling a bunch?
1: Yeah, you know, I know, uh, you know, where I'm playing now in Finland, we don't ever have too many long road trips, but I've I've played on teams, especially in the American League, the East Coast League, where we're traveling for a whole entire day. And I just remember comments from guys, oh, I'm just, uh, I don't want to do this bus trip and blah, blah, blah. And I never felt like that. I always felt like, uh, really good going out onto the open road. Um, you know, you get to listen to music, be with the boys, you know, have the conversations that we're going to have. And, um, I've always been very comfortable in that type of situation. So I would say, yeah, it certainly did help. Um, because obviously there are guys that don't like it at all, but I, I usually like it.
0: Mental health is a big topic of conversation in sports. And in this next segment, Jake talks about his struggles with mental health. The
1: struggles from, uh, uh, for my low mental health at the time at the beginning of my career um, kind of just came from an unawareness of not being aware of uh, the things that I had gone through as a child through my teenage years. Um, un- very unfortunate things that happened to me, things that I experienced that I had uh, pushed away for so many years, for 18 years. Um, and it, honestly, I it actually forgot about everything that had happened to I me. Mean, never, truly never thought of it um, until one day it kind of came to the forefront of my mind Um, and then my, my ex-wife had decided that she wanted to go through some therapy. So she was going by herself. And then one day just asked if I would come and I said, heck, why, why not? Might as well give it a try, you know? And even while I was saying yes to that, all the stuff that I went through was still not in my mind. I was just thinking, yeah, we'll go couples therapy, work on our relationship. Why not? And then I got there and then slowly but surely the conversations started turning to towards me and my family and our history and my history. And that's when I realized, whoa, maybe this stuff is having an impact on who I am, not only as a person, but certainly as an athlete. Um, And that's when I just started really diving deep into it. I went through three years of um, mental counseling um, to make peace with all the stuff that I've been through my life. And I've just seen a a massive increase of, again, not only who I am as a person, but certainly who I am as an athlete, as a hockey player. Um, And I just highly, highly suggest that everybody gets on, that type of path to where you can really be free and 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 I know for myself like in the locker room and stuff now of course there's going to be moments where I'm not playing well um have a bad game have a bad shift and I and I know that personally and I might get a little bit of feedback from the coach and it's the coach's job to keep me accountable right um but sometimes it may not be so pretty he might be cursing at me and saying some un um unfortunate things but who I am now as an athlete is I already know when I make mistakes. I'm already very comfortable in who I am as a player. So anything that the coach has to say, that critics have to say, my my teammates have to say about me, that is fine. Because again, I'm already comfortable with who I am. I know when I make mistakes. I know when I'm not playing well. So when that feedback does come, don't worry, because I've already been giving myself my own honest feedback, you know? Um, So yeah, so once I started down that path of uh, mental health, I've really just seen a massive increase in all aspects of, of my life.
2: That's good. So typically when you, when you think of hockey players, you think of these tough guys who don't want to show too much emotion. They don't want to show that you know they're down mentally or whatever it is. Was that a challenge for you?
1: Certainly was. Um, I remember the, the hardest – I'd say the hardest um, season I'd probably gone through was my, my first year away from home. I was 15 years old. Uh, moved up to Beaverton, Oregon, just outside of Portland. Um, and this is when uh, some of the depression that I was dealing with kind of really hit me the most. I was homesick, didn't really know how to be away from home. I was a boy, you know, um, and that was, it was just so tough, always missing my family. Um, and just being so afraid uh, to speak up for myself, to talk back to these, heck, my teammates or guys on the other team, I would never open my mouth. Um, and I'll and I'll touch a little bit now, and I'm sure we'll go into it a little bit later, um, just on some of the stuff that I experienced as a child. Uh, when I was five years old, I was sexually abused uh, for two years by my by my cousin. And um, one time I had threatened him that I was gonna go and tell my parents. And he said, "Well, Jake, if you do that, I'm gonna beat you up. So here I am as a five year old looking up to this guy. He must have been six, one, six, two at the time thinking, holy crap, I don't want to get beat up, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. So I kind of carried that same fear with me as a hockey player. You know, I I moved away. I was uh, very timid, not the most physical guy already. Um, And anytime there would be scrums, things like that, you know, guys are chirping, 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 and here's me just dead quiet because I viewed these guys that I was playing with, these guys on my team, as my cousin you know and so again i brought that with me for the next 18 years of my life until i finally you know stepped up for myself and, and started getting some help going
2: through that big of an an obstacle like you discussed you know a lot of people wouldn't be able to bounce back from that as like very well but i'm sure you went through a lot to have to bounce back from that yeah, um, of course. yeah so how was that how was that like to just not bottle up and still go out there and play hockey as a kid You know, obviously, you're thinking about it all the time. You've got this bully. You've got this guy who's sexually abusing you, whatever it is. But you have to kind of just take that out of your mind. Was hockey your getaway?
1: Yeah, I would would certainly say that hockey was, uh, fortunately for me, you know, I I grew up in a big family. We were playing it all day. We co-owned a roller hockey rink when I was younger, around the same age. Uh, So I kind of always had that getaway, that kind of quote-unquote church for me uh we always viewed hockey the hockey rink as our church we would go there like i said every day co-owning it um but yeah it was always a place for me to kind of go and get away from those thoughts And, and to be honest with you i don't remember how often i thought about it as a child i think um unfortunately when it happened uh it happened also to my younger sister her friend and my two oldest brothers um and unfortunately we didn't get help then um so I think what that uh, subsequently taught me was kind of how to push everything away. And I grew up then with that type of uh, um, characteristic of not facing my issues, not facing my problems in life, just pushing them away and eventually they're going to go away. But I've learned now uh, being 30 years old that anything you push away is only going to come back stronger. Um, So I wish I kind of would have dealt with it all then. But again, I was seven years old when everything kind of, Uh, Came to the forefront and things started getting figured out. So then I had no idea how to do it now. I do Um, But of course, you know in my teenage years, uh, I I dealt with some um, some depression Um, Every single month for one week, I would be a completely different person. I would be so uh, so shy uh, Not joking around Doing nothing really very emotional highly emotional and I still had to go and show up to the hockey rink and play um, and, and I had mentioned that the, the year I moved away from home at the age of 15 being my hardest year, that was when those type of, uh, mood swings, depression was probably at its peak, uh, when I had to deal with them the, the highest. And that's kind of when I needed family the most, you know, but I didn't have it. I had it on a phone call, but I need that physical, you know, the personal, the, the touching. I need to be able to hug my mom and my hug, my dad, and for them to to see them telling me that everything was going to be okay, you know, and I didn't have that. So I kind of had to figure it all out on my own. And again, I, I now I've gone through eight, nine years of pushing everything away. So as soon as the tears faded, I was like, Oh, okay, I'm okay. Until the next month when I would go through this depression again, it was, I don't even know if that's what you would call it. Um, maybe it was mood swings. I'm not a, a hundred percent sure. I never went to the doctor or anything. Um, you know, so, Going through that stuff was very, very hard, very challenging, and even harder being away from home. And then kind of just randomly, they just stopped um, around the age of, I don't know, 20. So I dealt with it for, I don't know, nine years, I would say. Um, But then, you know, I I resorted to other things, too, to try and cope, to try and numb myself. And that was alcohol and marijuana, um, unfortunately. Um, But I think that's something that's very common. Uh, that people do they don't want to deal with their stuff they want to just numb themselves numb the, the the negative stuff that they're feeling and in most in most cases people turn to drugs and alcohol food sex uh, whatever it may be but i I'm a firm believer now that we as humans aren't uh, capable of just choosing which emotions which feelings we numb so while we think we're only numbing the the negative ones we're also numbing The positive ones, and now what are we left with? Well, we're left with nothing. So we're feeling nothing at all. You know, yeah, you might be partying and smoking, uh, and having a good time. You're smiling, right? You're high. You're getting the giggles, whatever it is. But
2: again, on the inside, what are you feeling? And unfortunately, you're not feeling anything. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's it. So that's what people do, right? They numb the pain. They numb whatever. How did you get away from that side of it? So resorting to alcohol, resorting to marijuana, whatever it was. Did something just go off or you're like, man, I can't do this anymore. Was that it? No. Okay. So
1: here's another thing. It's uh, in my opinion, the only way for somebody to wake up to be uh, shooken or whatever is for something catastrophic in their life to happen. Uh, So my second year pro, uh, I went from an NHL contract to being sent down to a league lower than the ECHL. Uh, The league's not even around anymore. Uh, so I went from being a highly touted prospect with Anaheim to potentially being the replacement for Scott Niedermeyer when he retired to being three levels away from the NHL. Um, that With that not even really being a possibility anymore. And um, I was at a very low in my career, at a, a big time low in my personal life. And I didn't know what to do. I still hadn't gone through much therapy at this time. I didn't know to maybe reach out to my therapist uh, to just speak through the stuff that I was dealing with. So what did I do? I turned to alcohol, I turned to marijuana. Uh, my my uh, wife at the time wasn't with me and unfortunately I turned to the comfort of another woman. Um, so I wound up uh, having an affair on my wife at the time uh, and she found out a week later. Um, and so that was the, the event that shook me to my core uh, they're making me realize like, holy heck, you know, the decisions I'm making aren't only having an impact on me, but they're having an an impact on uh, a lot of people and a lot of people that are close to me. Um, so that was when the the therapy for me really, really took a big turn. And it we started getting deep, deep into the sexual abuse that I went through as a child um, and trying to figure out. Um, not only why, but how I was capable of making these decisions that I'd made for the last 18, 19 years of my life. And once I started working on that, that's when I really started seeing a big difference in who I was as a person, uh, really started making peace with the things from my past, uh, with the decisions that I'd made in my life. Um, and once you're able to do that, I think for anyone listening, once you're able to make peace with your past, it's no longer gonna have an impact on your present moment and therefore your future. You can start making decisions from a place of clarity opposed opposed to, um, from a place of disturbance and all too often we are disturbed and it's not the present moment that's the problem, it's our past that's the problem, the fact that we haven't dealt with it yet.
0: In this segment, Jake gives his advice to young hockey players on how to succeed both physically and mentally.
1: I'm sure these players that are listening to that might be um, in the unfortunate habit of pointing the finger at other people. Um, and that's only going to carry you so far in life and in your career, in, in whatever sport it is you're playing. And I, my advice to you is to turn that finger around and point it right at yourself. Um, because all the problems that you're talking about, they all start with you and end with you. Um, so it would be just to... Do some soul searching, be honest with yourself, do, do the work that you need to do, um, from within. Stop worrying so much about your teammates. Stop worrying so much about your coaches, um, because they're all going to be how they're going to be, but you can't control that, but you can control how you are and the type of work that you're putting in. I think, mentally is the number one thing uh, in life and certainly in sports, you know, at the level I'm playing at, at the NHL level, we're all so close physically. We all work out like horses, you know, but it's what what are we doing between the years that is truly gonna make the difference and I think that's where anybody and everybody should be starting.
0: In this final segment, Jake gives us insight on how he uses his platform for good.
1: I get messages uh, almost daily from just random people, not only here in Finland, but back home in America, I've received messages from people in Russia. Um, you know, So I, I know I'm, I'm having a big impact on people's lives and that's um, just all I care about. Like um, I'd say probably got, I don't know, two, three more seasons left of hockey. So certainly, like you said, towards the end of my career, um, but I, this is the path I'm gonna go down. It's gonna be mental health and uh, not only for athletes, uh, but it's just gonna be for us as humans. Um, and uh i'll certainly continue to use instagram as as a as a platform for that of course i'm going to have the funny stuff me singing dancing i'm going to always continue doing that um but that too kind of helps people i get messages from people when they see me singing and smiling and stuff you know um and i've also recently started to use linkedin more um obviously that's how we've met Mm -hmm. um and i'll continue to doing that as well but um i think once i'm done playing hockey i'm i'm truly going to go down the path of, of public speaking and hoping to speak to businesses and, and, uh, and sports teams as well. Uh, um, but yeah, I think just the, the path is to just stay consistent with what I'm doing. You know, I'm in season now, so I'm not putting out as many videos. Um, uh, but I've also kind of s- stopped. I would sometimes just get, um, motivated, to, to reach out and, and put out another video. But I feel like my, when I do that, my delivery isn't as smooth. I, so I'm waiting until I feel inspired. Then I think that my message is a lot more smooth and people are gonna better understand
2: what it is I'm trying to get out there. We appreciate you coming on, um, talking about your perspectives, talking about your, your life and everything you've been through. It's, it's not easy sometimes. I'm sure it's been easier as you've talked about it more but it's not easy to, to share that story. It's, it's uh, trying to put an end to the stigma. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of
1: moving in the right direction, um, but I don't like the pace that wit- in which it's, it's moving. I want it to move faster, and I want this world to be a better place faster, because I do have two kids, and they're growing up quick, and I want the world to be a better place for them, so that's why I will just continue to, uh, to do what I'm doing in, in hopes that we can get it going a little bit faster.
0: It was a blast chatting with Jake about hockey culture, mental health, and using his platform for good. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at sportsepreneur. Thank you for listening to the Sports Epreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Now go get it.